to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Again, I thank you for your Holy Ghost. Thank you for your wisdom and knowledge tonight as you pour it forth. Father, open the eyes of our understanding that we will see spiritual things rather than the natural things. We live in the kingdom of God exactly how you want us to, pleasing you in everything that we do. We give you the praise for new revelation tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. First Timothy chapter 6. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 12. It tells us to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Notice, who's got to fight the good fight of faith? We do. God's not going to do that for us, is it? So it's up to us. You are commanded to fight the good fight of faith. Now, why would we have to fight the good fight of faith? Because faith is a spiritual thing, and it seems to be difficult for people to understand exactly what it is, and therefore they think they're in faith, and they're not in faith. Therefore, they don't receive, thinking they're in faith, and get mad because they don't receive, because they think they're in faith, and they're not in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, notice we're not fighting basically our enemies. We're not fighting sin. We don't fight lack. We don't even fight the devil. Our fight is one fight. It is a good fight of what? Faith. So we need to know what faith is. What exactly is faith? What is it? Faith is simply believing the Word of God as the Word of God is written. Getting in line with the Word of God as it's written, not as our opinion is, not as we've heard it from somebody else, but exactly how it comes from the Bible. And faith comes by how? Hearing, hearing and by hearing the Word of God. In other words, we need knowledge, don't we? The kingdom of light is all about knowledge. The kingdom of darkness is all about ignorance and spiritual things where the enemy wants to keep us. Then it tells us we should profess or confess a good confession. Say a good confession. Now, if there's a good confession, that also means there must be a bad confession. So we could be making confessions that aren't going to help us because they're not good. They're actually bad. Why is that? They're not in line with the Word of God exactly. They're in line with what we've been taught, our religious mindsets, our natural things around us. So we want to keep a good confession by confessing only what God has said in our lives. All right, go to James chapter 5. Pastor, yes. There is a gift of faith, but faith also was a gift. We've all got faith. Everybody's got faith on the inside of them. It came when we got born again, but your faith will grow, the Bible says. And how many know it takes the Word of God to grow your faith? So you've got some people who are born again who have faith on the inside of them, but basically they never grow in faith because they're still believing things that aren't in line with the Word of God because they don't know the Word of God to believe. So yes, there's also a gift of faith, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit, basically where you just believe God. You're not, not even your fault. You just believe God's going to do something, and there's no doubt whatsoever, basically. Centurion had faith basically in his authority. And basically, he, why did he have a faith in his authority? Because he lived in authority. He had people under him. When he told them to go, they go. And he recognized that Jesus also had the same authority. And if Jesus told something to go, it was going to go. But what it proves more than anything is he was not even part of the Jew club. You know, he was a centurion. And if he could get a, a revelation of the authority that he had, then we ought to be able to get a revelation of the authority that we have. Hallelujah. Because we have that authority and was given back to us since we got born again. All right, James chapter 5. Can I just say 
correct. All right, James chapter 5. Did you find it? Good, because I didn't yet, so hold on. All right, James chapter 5, look at verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Notice, the prayer of what? The prayer of faith. Say the prayer of faith. So the prayer of believing what God has said about my situation in my life, basically that prayer in line with that, will save the sick, will save those who need healing, will bring healing to them. But notice it is not the prayer of wish. It is not the prayer of hope. Only the prayer of what? Faith is what saves the sick. So in your own conversation, you're going to come to a place when you spend time with the Spirit of God, when you're actually in faith or you're still in hope. When you're actually in faith, or you're actually in wish. And there's a difference between the two. Most Christians that I run into are in the hope, but they think they're in the faith. But you don't get saved or healed because of hope, you get healed because of? Because of faith. So people basically say, are you gonna receive your healing? People will say, I sure hope so. And why do you think, think God will heal you? Well, I know God can do it. I know he's a good God. But number one, they don't even have a scripture or what God said on the situation, which you need. You need to know that it's God's will to heal you. He's not your problem in the situation. And basically, basically other people say, I know God will do it. I don't know God's word on it, but I know he's a good God. Well, how many know that doesn't work? Because you're not in faith. You don't even know what God said to put faith in what God said. Other people say, well, I know it's God's will to heal me. And, and I know he's going to heal me. And you ask him, are, they, are you going to be healed? And they say, I sure hope so that I'm going to be healed. And, and pray for, I'll pray for you. Are you healed? Well, God will do it. I know he will. Then you pray for him. And are you healed? I think I'm going to be healed. I think I'm going to be healed. How many know that's all hope? That's not faith. See, faith is right now. Faith happens right now. So hope is always a future thing that you're going to receive from God that God has already provided for you, but you haven't settled it on the inside of you, and you don't see it in the natural, so you don't believe that you have it. An example, the Bible says once you get born again, you are a new creation. People say, well, I'm born again. I'm just going to become a new creation. I'm going to study, and I'm going to, how many of you can study the rest of your life, and it's not going to make you more of a new creation? Because you were made a new creation the day that you got born again. So instead of claiming that and in faith and acting and believing you're a new creation and then walking in the new creation, you spend your whole life trying to get to be a new creation. One is hope, and the other one is faith. God never said, now, now become a new creation. You're born again. No, he said, any man that is in Christ is a new creature. So you've got to believe, no matter what it looks like in the natural, you've got to look at it and say, hey, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't believe you are. Well, I don't care what you believe. I want to believe the word of God because faith believes what God has said, not what you think I am. Are you following? So we just want to stay in what God basically has already said. Just go to Hebrews chapter 11. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
It is the evidence of things that are what? Not seen. So now, notice when's now? Now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. So this tells me several things. Number one, if I'm believing God, I'm believing God when? Right now. And I'm believing God. And my evidence is not in what I see, but my evidence is something that I cannot see. So basically praying the prayer of faith for healing, for deliverance, or for whatever, basically you have to renew your mind to come to the point where you believe, know what God said, then believe that God is not a liar. How I many you know he's not a liar? The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. So I'm going to have to believe God no matter what it looks like, what I feel like, what somebody told me, whatever else happened. God's word has to be number one in your life. And in order to do that, you have to seek first the kingdom of God and the word of God till that word of God grows on the inside of you and becomes bigger than what's going on in the natural realm. So his scripture says, by his stripes, ye were what? When were you healed? You were healed. Notice you're not going to be healed. You were healed. Are you going to be healed? Yes, I'm going to be healed. Did God say you're going to be healed? No. God said you were healed. When are you healed? Now. See? And we, we want to step into the now, then step back into hope. I'm praying the prayer of faith. By his stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. Are you healed? I ain't healed yet. I don't feel any better than I did 10 minutes ago. So now you're not in faith anymore, are you? You're not believing what God said. That ain't what God said. But how many knows your body's talking to you? Uh, you know, your feelings are talking to you. I mean, you know, your symptoms are screaming at your mind at this time, but you're either going to believe the word of God or you're not going to believe the word of God, and God's not a liar, so we want to believe what the scripture said. So the prayer of faith in that situation says, I am healed. The prayer of hope says, I will be healed. Do you see the difference? And these are all things, and you can go back and forth. How many of you know that? But you don't want to go back and forth, do we? We want to stay in faith because it's the prayer of Faith that saves the sick, not the prayer of hope. So faith, what does it do? It declares a thing done simply because God's word says that it's done. Now, what would pull me out of the faith area back into the hope area? Natural evidence. See, here it says our evidence is something we don't see. But we want to rely on the evidence of things that we do see. We want to learn how we look, how we feel, how things are gone, how our bank account is, how everything else. What are we doing? We're relying on evidence that's not spiritual. It's natural. We're living as a natural man. In order to live spiritual, you've got to put your faith in something that is spiritual, but something that God has already done. So basically, why do I leave the, the prayer of faith? Because I wake up the next day and I prayed the prayer of faith and it didn't worketh. I prayed, somebody prayed on me. The leaders of the church prayed for me to be healed, and I feel just as bad as I did before. All right, but let's talk about the natural a little bit. You get sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor says you take this pill every day for seven days and you'll be better. You go home and you take that pill. How many know you don't instantly get healed? You take a pill, and you'll probably take it the next day. Why? Because he told you that would work for you. So God says if you pray the prayer of faith today, and you stay in the prayer of faith tomorrow, and you stay in prayer of faith the next, it's like taking a pill every day, and maybe after seven days, just like the other, you'll live in divine health. Are you following me? See, we can follow the natural realm, can't we? To take a pill, what do you think? When you swallow that, you were going to feel great when the doctor gave you that? No, you feel just as bad as you did before. Maybe worse if it upset your stomach or gave you diarrhea or something. So now you got that pill. What am I going to I'm going to do the pill again tomorrow. Why? Because the doctor said that was going to help me. And the people say, well, I didn't feel any different. Well, it doesn't tell you you're going to feel different. It tells you you're healed. So that's like a spiritual pill. Yeah. Yeah. And once you take that faith spiritual pill and you keep taking it every day, 
See, you've got to stay there. Faith is now, and it stays there. You can't go back and forth and receive from God. A double-minded man receives nothing, absolutely nothing from the Lord. So faith declares a thing done simply because God's word says. Now, let me give you another example in the natural. It was years ago. We were going up north. We got a late start. We had two kids. Everybody's got to go to the bathroom every 15, 20 minutes. You've got to stop to eat every 20 minutes. But my wife had already booked a hotel, and she had something called a confirmation number. So when we got to the hotel, we didn't get there at 8, we didn't get there at 9, we got there at 2 o'clock in the morning because it took us a long time to get there. I walked in the place and I said, we're here for our hotel, we are whipped, we need to go in. And he says, I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms for you, we are sold out. I said, you're not sold out because I have a confirmation number that you've already given me the room. He says, I'm sorry, we're all sold out. I said, I don't care if you build a new room, I don't care if you move us up into a suite. I don't care if you throw somebody out of your room. I have a confirmation number, and that's just as good as a room. Notice, what I have here is just as good as a room. What I have here is just as good as my healing. Come on now. You all got confirmation scriptures and a confirmation number. You know what they did? They found us a room. Wasn't that something? It's the same way in the spirit now. I've got confirmation scriptures here. And you've got to put up a fight sometime because the devil's trying to tell you he ain't got any rooms. So you want to stay on that confirmation number because it's already there, praise God. So once the sick has rebuked, basically the sickness and disease, something's trying to come upon your body, you rebuke it. Now you must stay in faith that it is gone and off of your body. You can't go back and forth by how you feel. You're going to stay on the word of God. So the prayer says you can be healed in the name of Jesus. You say to people, well, are you healed now? Well, I sure hope I am. How many know they just destroyed the prayer of faith that you just prayed? They just uprooted the thing. They kicked it out because now they're back in hope again. They've got to say, yes, I am healed. And then you can say, how do you feel any better? And they should say, it doesn't matter how I feel because I got the word that says, by his stripes, yes, I am healed. So it don't make any difference, and I'm going to stay on the word of God. Now, how many of you know once you make this commitment on the word of God, someone's going to come and start speaking to you. You better do something, brother. You're going to die. If you're doing something very quick, it's going to get worse. You're going to die. You hear me? What's he coming with? He's coming with fear. So I've got a symptom that says I'm sick, but I've got a word that says I'm healed. I've got feelings that say I'm sick, but I've got the word that says I'm healed. And we've got to go one way or the other, don't we? Right. We're at a crossroads. Now we've got to make up our mind where we're going to go and how we're going to stay there. So sight and basically feeling belongs to a natural person. If you want to live in the natural, that's the way you're going to live. But if you want to live spiritual... You need something spiritual to believe that's stronger than the sickness and disease that's in the natural coming against you, and that is always the word of God. So the prayer of faith does not always give an immediate answer. How many of you know once you get in faith, you're ready to go because you're going to stay there? The Bible says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. It says, fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith, aren't you? You can't fight the good fight of faith and then hope and then hope and wish and wish and then back to faith, back and forth. It doesn't work that way. So we want to get in faith and stay in faith. Do not ever let a symptom change the word. Let the word change the symptom. So what am I going to do? I'm believe the word no matter what it says, no matter what goes on. It doesn't make any difference to me. It's the way I'm going to be. Okay, go to Mark chapter 4. And once again, this is not that easy. I mean, you know, this takes the word. It takes some meditation. It takes some praying in the Holy Ghost because it's, it's easy to believe for you because I don't have the pain in my body. 
So I can easily, oh, you're healed, no problem, I'm right with you there. But you're the one in pain. You're the one who's having the struggle. I'm not having any pain. Now, if I got pain, then it switches the other way around. And people say, well, I can't believe I'm healed because I don't feel healed and I have no evidence that I'm healed other than the word of God. Well, there's people right now who are believing they are a male and they've even got evidence that they're a female. Come on, what happened? Their mind has been so screwed up that they have faith beyond the natural. Right? It's not too hard to figure it out, but their mind has been so messed up, they are believing something that they even have evidence of in the natural. Well, we're trying to not believe the natural and believe of evidence things in the spiritual realm. Praise God. All right, Mark chapter 4. Look at verse 14. It says, The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. But afterward, affliction, persecution arrives for the word's sake. Immediately they get offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word of God, and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But there are these who are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some what? A hundredfold. So here it's telling us, basically when you do the prayer of faith, and what's the prayer of faith really for? It's to bring you back in agreement with God. Because you're thinking, oh man, I'm sick, and this ain't going very good. So I go to the Word, and I find something that God has already said. So I want to believe what God said, now I'm in agreement with God because I'm quoting what God said. And when I bring myself back in through the prayer of faith at that time, I basically have planted a seed. There's a spiritual seed that's now been planted on the inside of you. How many know sometimes it takes a while for that seed to grow? Even in the natural, you plant something, it's going to take some time, 30-fold, 60-fold, and a hundredfold. But what if it gets to 30-fold and you decide to dig it up? What if I'm in prayer of faith and all at once I start to get offended? What if I start to care and worries about the whole world? What if I do? It's not going to produce, is it? So when I do the prayer of faith, I'm basically planting a seed on the inside of me, and the Satan sends all these things. I guarantee you, if you walk around looking sick where people can see you're sick and claim to be healed, you will be persecuted. Because nobody's walking beyond the natural realm. Don't say you're healed when you look like that. You're just a liar. No, I'm believing the word of God and what God had said for me, and it belongs to me now, so I am healed. Well, who told you that? God said that. Who told you you were sick? The doctor. Well, I'm going to believe God ahead of the doctor. See, and people don't think like that. They, they want to see the results and then believe the results. They don't want to use the word to get the results. Are you following me? So basically what happens here, you plant, he planted a seed here. Here comes the seed. I'm planted into my heart. So if I pray for you, I say, I pray for you. I'm one of the elders of the church. I pray, thank God that you're healed right now. Actually, you were healed 2,000 years ago, and you're healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You agree with me? Yes, I agree with you. And then they walk out of the church, and their husband comes to them and says, how you doing? You feel any better? No, they prayed for me tonight, but I'll tell you what, it just didn't do any good. I don't think they know what they're doing up there because it said the prayer of faith in the elders, and I pray for me, and they prayed for me, and it didn't work. Well, that's not the elder problem. That's you didn't stay there. You left. Now you're out walking around in hope again. People will say, well, you know, I believe God and believe God now for two years and I still haven't got healed. Well, it's not God's fault. See, you're still waiting to get healed. 
You're either healed or you're not healed. You've got to make up your mind whether God's word's true or not. And this will come to a place where you will know that you know that you know if you study this stuff that you're healed. You ain't saying it anymore and feeling like I'm lying. You're saying that know that you're right. And there's a difference. Like somebody says, are you saved? Bless God, I am saved. You don't say, well, I hope I'm saved. You know, sometimes I feel saved, other times. No, you don't do that because you've already been fully persuaded and already been transformed in the renewing of your mind that you know these things. You know that right now, praise God. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? Yes, I am, praise God. You don't have to say it. Now, when you first quoted it the first time, you thought you were a liar. And you quoted it like this, are you righteous? <laughs> because you knew you were going to make other people mad. But once you start quoting it, once you start seeing yourself as a righteous person, once you start seeing yourself as victorious, you talk victorious, you think victorious, and you speak victorious. And what comes? Persecution. What comes? Affliction. What comes? Worries and cares. All these things try to state you. What are they trying to do? Get the seed of the word of God out of your heart. Now notice, he's not attacking you to try to get your health. He's attacking you to try to get the word. Because if he gets your word, he'll get your health. If he gets your word, he'll get anything that God already gave you because he pulls you back into hope and you can't get anything through hope because everything was done on the cross. You can't live like an Old Testament Christian. We're not hoping for the Savior to come anymore. I mean, no, he showed up. He's already, we're not hoping for him to go to the cross and deliver us again. He already did. The Bible said he's already rescued you out of the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom and you now have redemption. You're not going to get it. You're already redeemed. So what's the devil try to do? Try to get you into a place of religiosity where you're doing your works, which are called dead works. You're doing dead works to try to get redeemed when you're already redeemed and you can't do enough works to get redeemed anyway. You can't do enough, what do I got to do to get God to heal me? What do I got to do? You don't have to do anything but believe. Believe what the word of God says. Believe what the prayer of faith says. Stay in faith. And you'll grow. You'll go 30, just like a pill. 30, two days later, you'll be 60, start feeling good, and then pretty soon you'll be a hundredfold, and it works out. It's the same way with the Word of God, but we want the Word of God to do it right now. It better be over with. I better not have a symptom, or I'm going back into hope. And every time we go back into hope, we start over again, don't we? We dug it up. Now we've got to plant another seed, and we've got to plant the faith in there again. So we're digging up again, we're planting that thing in, and somebody comes along, and this is where it's tough because, oh, Lord, it is easier to cooperate with somebody in hope and we think it's love, it's tougher to straighten them out in faith because then they get mad at you. See? Somebody comes along and said, well, God just can't get healed, and, and you know, God hasn't done it yet. And you go, oh, I know, I know a lot of people like that. That's just the way it is. You know, Some people do, some people don't. That's fine. Or you can say, hey, he already healed you 2,000 years ago, and they will either get hit by the Holy Ghost and change and plant faith, or they will punch you right in the nose, basically. Yeah. Because, see, they're natural-minded, aren't they? They're saying, what are you talking about? What are you talking about he healed me? If he healed me, I'd be healed right now. I've been believing for 25 years for healing, and God's never did it. He's not going to did it until you believe he did it, and then it'll work. Do you see? There's no seed planted. You can't plant a seed of hope. I hope God heals me. I've been believing God, and I haven't been healed. Well, you were healed. That's why you believe God to begin with. That's what you were believing is that you were healed. See? And then once that planted on the inside of you, it goes to work on the inside of you. It grows like a seed. It works. It works this way with jobs. It works this way with a lot of different things that we believe God for, for at least a day. <laughs> then when it don't work out in the natural, guess what? We go right back into hope again. And we don't know why. And why doesn't God do this? And you don't understand, it's never God's problem. He's not the one. He's not, you're not fighting. It's the fight of God. Fight against God. No, it's the fight of faith. 
fight of believing what God has already said in our situation. If he said he's going to meet all your needs according to his riches and glory, then he either is or he's a liar. Which is it? Well, God ain't meeting my needs. Well, then he's a liar. Or you ain't believing what he said. If you believe what he said, you don't have to worry about your needs anymore because he's already made the promise. And worry shows that you're not believing the promise. See, that's an indication right there. Well, I'm so worried about my finances, but I'm believing God. No, you ain't. You ain't believing God because you don't believe what he said about your finances. He never said, you know, I might provide for you. I might take care of you. Maybe I'll heal you if things work out right. Maybe I'll even love you. Who knows? No, he says it's his pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. He's given us everything that includes in the kingdom, which is healing, which is power, which is authority, which is prosperity. But we want to see it in the natural in order to believe it in the spirit. And it don't work that way. We're spiritual beings. We're not natural beings. So we need, we need medicine that's spiritual. So instead of planting the pill, we're going to plant the word of faith. And then we're going to stay in there. And if you know you're going to make somebody mad, and they say, how you feeling today? You just say, boy, it's a nice day. I got suns out, beautiful day. You don't have to answer them. You don't have to make them mad. You're, you understand, this is me. This is my body. I'm dealing with me. I don't care what you think because I don't want this pain in my body. I don't want this symptom in my body. And I don't care how you feel about it because I want to walk in what God has already given me. All right, go to Romans chapter 4. If you don't understand that God's already provided for you, you're always going to look to do something else to get God to do something. You're always going to try to talk him into it, pray him into it, do something. You know, if I just pray a little bit more, maybe God will heal me. No, you're already healed, do you see? You can actually pray yourself out of faith by praying. Come on. A lot of prayer that we do, everybody wants to be a prayer warrior. Some people just need to shut up. And quit praying so much, because every time you pray, you're hurting yourself, my God. Dear God, yeah, I've been sick for a long time, God, but I know that you love me, and I know that you care for me, and I know that you're going to heal me someday, and you're going to do it. And I'm just praying for you every day, and it, over and over, repetitious prayer like that ain't going to do you no good. It's just going to build doubt and unbelief in you. See, you're your own worst enemy, for God's sakes. You're talking yourself into being a sick person that God won't heal. He loves me. That's where, that's where the love of God gets thrown off because people blame him for it. Then they don't believe he loves them. Oh, yes, he loves you. He loved you enough to do it before. He healed you before you got sick. He saved you before you got saved. He did all those things because he loved you so very much. But it's up to us whether we're going to receive that thing and what he said through the word of God. All right, Romans chapter 4. Look at verse 18. Oh, no, let's go back to 17. As it is written... God said, I have made thee the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, and he calls those things which be not as though they were. So now would that go along with calling yourself healed, even though it doesn't seem like you're healed? Yeah. All right, verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, and he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to do what? Perform. So here it's talking about faith, isn't it? Here faith declares basically that you are healed. 
even when pain is still in your body. Now, you're going to have to either go with the sense knowledge or you're going to go with the spiritual knowledge. Which one are you going to go with? It's entirely up to you. And here he gives you an example. Here's Abraham. God comes to him. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, I or verse 17, I have made you, I'm not going to make you, I have made you the father of many nations. Now, here's Abraham. He gets the word of the Lord, but he's 100 years old. He's thinking, this is ridiculous. And my wife, she's 90 and barren. I don't understand what's going on here. God didn't say, look at any of that stuff. Notice what he did. He considered not his own body. Say considered not. In order to consider the word, you're going to have to consider not some things. See? Now, that'd be tough for me to believe. Wouldn't it be tough for you? He comes to you and you're 100 years old and you're running around with his wife who can't have a baby and all he says, I have made thee the father of many nations. I'd say, I don't see any kids. What, God, you nuts? Ain't nobody here. There ain't nothing going on. But notice, he saw something. He came to a place where he saw something different, where he no longer considered the natural, but he only considered the word of God that he got from God. And in a lot of places in the Bible, you'll find out that these Old Testament people, basically, they saw the walls of Jericho falling down. They, they heard the taunting of the enemy, but they believed while they were marching around that that thing was going to fall down. Why? Because God said it was going to fall down. You've got the people in the boat, basically, when Jesus is in there, the disciples, and the winds and the waves and everything come. He didn't look at the winds and the waves. He knew what the, his word said, and he knew what to do. But the disciples, what, what did they say? We're going to die. I mean, no, that's not a very good confession when your boat is just about to sink. What were they? They were natural people, so they considered the wind, the waves, the storm. We're going to die. And Jesus says, man, you're looking at the wrong thing. He rebuked it, like the Bible said, speak to the mountain, and it will speak to the storm, and it will... So it moved, praise God. So now I've got sickness and disease coming in my flesh. I've got a burning fever. The doctor's telling me this or that. I've got to make a decision what I see. Amen. Do I see myself healed by his stripes or do I see myself dying? If I see myself dying, I better go to the doctor now. Because you've got nothing planted. You can't eat nothing. So I've got to go and I've got to get faith. So faith sees basically sickness as part of the curse. It sees basically sickness defeated at Calvary once and for all. It sees myself healed when, way back when Jesus took the stripes on his back, I'm healed. And that's not going to change on Thursday. It's not going to change on Sunday. It's not going to change on Monday because it's already done. So faith always sees sickness and disease and Satan and bondage defeated as it prays the prayer of faith. It sees victory in every single area of its life. Faith always considers the word. Say faith. faith. Always, considers always considers and agrees with the word. Now, whenever you get out of agreement with the word, how many know now you've lost? God can't help you anymore. And this was tough for Abraham to do this. There's a place in the Old Testament. Let's find it. Let's try to find Genesis around Genesis 15. that explains this in the Old Testament. It's a type and shadow of it. Because we read this stuff and we don't understand, you know, my God, I mean, I'm going to be the father of many nations. Give me a break here. How can you proclaim that to me? I mean, look at Mary. He came to Mary and said, hey, you're going to have a baby and not even be married, and Joseph going to have nothing to do with it. And how many said, let it be done according to my, not according to how she felt, not according to how her parents felt, not according to how Joseph felt. No, according to your, if you said I'm pregnant with a baby, then I'm pregnant with a baby. I mean, that was tough too. And then poor Joseph had a dream, thank God, that said you can go ahead and marry her. How I many know you're glad he believed that? Otherwise, I don't know what you'd do. Here's your wife's pregnant. She's telling me she never had sex with anybody, and that doesn't happen a whole lot in that day and age or any day and age. Probably thought they were nuts. But no, she had a word of the Lord, basically. All right, let's look at Genesis. It is 15. 
Look at verse 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceedingly great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is the Eleazar of Damascus? Now, how many know he battled? Remember, the, the scripture read said he hoped against hoped. In other words, he had Bible hope, and he had the natural hope, and he was in a fight between the two. God said it, that gives me hope, but then I can't do it because I can't have any kids. That gave me hope. So he went to God. He said, what? My God, he said, you never gave me a child. How can you say that I'm the father of many nations when you never gave me a seed? Verse 3, and Abram said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one in my house is mine heir. So what was he saying? He was saying, hey, this ain't working. This ain't going to happen. Now look what God says. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that comes forth out of your own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them, unto them so shall thy seed be. And he believed the Lord and it counted unto him for righteousness. Now this is so good. He tells what's going to happen in the natural. He's the father of many nations. He can't believe it. He's fighting. He says, God, you didn't give me no seed. God said, yes, I did. I gave you my word that was the seed. Not the natural seed, but my word, which is the seed, will produce your natural seed. Come on, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was a word seed. And we have the word, don't we? We have the word. So we've got to believe the word, not look in the natural and look like it's not working. Because it is working, because we have the seed. And then he, he gave me something to think about. Look at the stars. See all those? That's how many kids you're going to have. That's how many sooner you're going to have. So you probably say, oh, there's Joe, there's Jacob, there's William, praise God, there's Isaiah, there's, see? And he gave him a vision to do it. So Abraham all at once blurts out, I believe you. I didn't believe you before that, but I, I believe you now, praise God. And notice that it was counted to him for righteousness, which is right alignment with God. So God had a lining back up. You do that in this day and age, they get mad at you. Abraham believed. So he said, yeah, hey, I already told you this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So he went ahead and he believed God. Now notice this. Look at verse 11. So then he had a covenant where he killed the animals. He put the animals on the thing to seal the covenant that he was going to be the father of many nations. It was going to happen. And in verse 11 it says, And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham did what? That means even after you grab on to the prayer of faith, there's vultures coming. There's birds coming to get on your, your agreement with God, to try to steal your agreement with God. But notice, God didn't drive them away. Who drove them away? Abram drove them away. So even though after you make that statement, I'm healed, praise God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, here come the vultures. They're coming down to steal your thing. You don't feel any better. That doesn't work. You know that stupid pastor. You know how it works. You know Aunt Joe. She believed and she died. You know Aunt Susie. She believed and she died. Well, you don't know what they believed to begin with, and they probably didn't believe anything. So you, you can't look at who died of the thing. You've got to look at does it work or doesn't it work with praise God. And I'm concerned about my life. And then when I get to that place, I can help others stay in faith. I can help others to be in faith. So here it was. It was very evident. He had a promise. What was his promise? What was his evidence? It was the word of God that God had given him. So shall thy seed be. And then he showed him the stars, and Abraham said, I can see it. I can see it. And when he did, he got back in line with God, and he believed what God had told him, even though she was barren, even though he was a hundred years old. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ever heard any of them vultures talking to you? 
you're not going to make it. Just quit. Nobody cares anyway. Blah, 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 blah. All right, Ephesians 4, verse 27, it says, Neither give place to the devil. Another translation says, Give no place to the devil. Another one said, You can shut the devil's mouth. Say, I can shut, I can shut the devil's mouth. Devil. Uh, here's what the devil's coming to do. You've already planted the seed. He's coming to get in your thought life. That's why we're told to cast down Every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the word of God. Why does he want to get in your mind? So that you see yourself sick and then let it come out of your mouth. Are you healed? Well, they prayed for me on Sunday and I thought I felt a little better, but I don't feel so good now. So I'm going to go back for prayer again next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday. And there's a lot of churches out there that really don't even believe in salvation because they're saving their people, the same people every week. And now come up and get saved. You get saved, then they're back the next week. Getting saved again, getting saved. Don't even have any confidence in the salvation that Jesus, much less the healing that he provided for each and every one of us. So the symptoms, and you've got to remember this thing. Symptoms do not equal defeat. Symptoms is a flag. Attack, attack. There's an attack coming. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get the word and I'm going to get in faith. And I'm going to stay in faith. And if somebody wants to know how I'm feeling, I don't have to answer them or I'm going to answer them with the word of God. I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to stay right there in my thoughts. I'm going to repeat it to myself. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to look at myself. I'm going to look at the word of God. I'm going to look at nothing but the word of God. That's what I want to look at. That's the word of God. I'm going to put it before my eyes. I'm going to put it in my ears. I'm going to put it in my mind, praise God, because it's healing to all my flesh. So I'm going to keep the word there. You don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Go straight ahead on the word of God. So I'm staying right there on the word of God. So symptoms, he will attack. How many have ever, ever been tempted to sin? It doesn't mean you lost. Oh, my God, I'm tempted to sin. I might as well just sin and get it over with because, no. You resisted it because you knew you could. But symptom comes, oh, I'm sick. Them snowbirds are coming back every, every year in October. I get, oh, I'm telling you, they bring that crap with them all the time, and I just get so sick every single, I don't know why God don't keep me healed. I just don't know why he's doing. Well, you can't control your mouth. That is what he's doing, and he can't control your head in that situation, basically. So you're believing the wrong thing. How many know you can believe whatever you want to believe? So a symptom comes, and, and we started this a long time ago. I read it in the Bible, and I tried how to find the good fight of faith, and I was very new in this, and sickness hit my life. Before I got saved, I was sick all the time. I had throat problems. They were going to take my tonsils out. I couldn't talk, and it's tough when you were, you were on radio and you couldn't talk. It's very difficult to do your show, and you can't talk. It gets tough to do that, and basically before that, I just went with it to get a shot every time or whatever. So then I read this in the Bible, and I decided, bless God, I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Word of God says I'm healed, praise God. Uh, it says, E.W. Kenyon told me I don't have to be sick. My days of sickness and disease are over, praise God, hallelujah. So I went to bed that night, got up the next morning, felt twice as bad as I did the night before. And I said, this E.W. Kenyon, I don't think he knows what he's talking about here. But I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet by his stripes, praise God. I went to bed, got up the next day, felt twice as bad as I did the day before. I said, this isn't working thing. And here comes the devil. You're going to die, man. This E.W. Kenyon was some kind of screwball, man. These people telling me you're healed. It's ridiculous. Feel yourself. Feel your body. How do you feel? You feel better today? <laughs> and everybody says, you look, like, you look like junk. And you'd have to say, no, I'm healed, praise God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, praise God. So I stood there. And after about six or seven days, finally I felt a little better. 
You know, I'd never planted before. You know, I had nothing in the ground to go with. I just planted my first seed of faith, and it took a little time to grow. And was it a fight? Yeah. Did I want to dig it up? Oh, yeah. Did I want to go to the doctor? You bet I wanted to go to the doctor, praise God. But after about eight days, then it lifted, and that was it, and I felt better. So the next time something came and hit me, I said, well, it worketh once, it'll worketh again. That time, maybe it only took six or five days before I felt better. Could I went to the doctor, probably felt better in two days? Probably. But I I don't want to go to the doctor sometime when he tells me I can't do anything for you, and then try to plant some face seeds, unless I got some miracle grow. And that's what 90% of the church is living on, miracle grow. They're not living on faith. They're planting the word of God because they don't have time to do it. So it planted in. But the worst time was when I got it, my wife got it, and my kids got it. And everybody felt bad. And I said, no, no, we're going we're gonna to face this thing out. I mean, no, that does not make your family very happy. <laughs> we made it through that. We're still together. Praise God after 40 years. Yeah, when people are in pain, I mean, you, you want to do something different. But we did it, and then we came to a place in our lives, basically, where when the kids had a fever or something, we just rebuked it, walked away, and the fever left them, and that was it, see? But I didn't start there. You know what I mean? I had to get to a place where I, where I knew the Word of God was true. I knew the Word of God was going to work. It was going to work. Notice, there's no sense you having any faith if you're never going to be attacked. You wouldn't need any. Have you ever been sick? No. Ever been attacked? No. Well, you've got great faith. No, you don't need any faith. You've got no faith. You just walk around. Yeah, there's going to be attacks in this realm of different things, but that's why we have faith. Faith works in our lives. We stand on the word of God that he says, praise God, and what he says. All right, go to Mark chapter 11. This is good tonight. I know it is. I can feel it. I can feel it in my spirit. There's light bulbs going on all over this place tonight. I can just see them popping up. Oh, that's why I did that. That's why I'm not getting, that's why I'm not receiving this. That's why I'm not, yeah, that's why. You're absolutely correct. Now, let's make this scripture make sense to you. Chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, look at verse 24. Jesus says, Therefore I say unto who? You. You, What things soever you desire, when you pray, you must believe that you receive them, and then you shall... Now, this is backwards, ain't it? I want to receive it and then believe it. I don't want to have to believe it and then receive it. So he says, here's the way prayer works for you. Whatsoever things you desire. How many of you know you usually desire good things for yourself? So we don't have to, I know you're not desiring cancer, you're not desiring depression, you're not desiring anything. So your desires, but the desires of your heart are things that God gives you. We covered that a couple weeks ago. He puts the desires on his heart. And many times we spend all our time praying to try to get things when you can't get things if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so that all these can be added unto you. Are you following me? So it says broader teaching here, basically. You've got to, first of all, be seeking the kingdom of God so these things naturally follow us. And when you get in the kingdom of God and seek them first, you won't have to pray for things anymore because he's already promised these things will be added. Are you following me? And most of the church is praying for things, praying for things, not getting things. Well, they're not getting things, basically, number one, because they want things because they're selfish. And number two, basically, they're not seeking the kingdom of God. They want a quick fix or a quick miracle from God to do something. But you've got to do what God told you to do. So basically, here it says, very slowly, he says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them. Now, when do I believe that I have received them? When you what? 
So when I pray, I have to believe that I already received these things. Well, how can I do that if I don't have any natural evidence? I'm going to have to use spiritual evidence, which is the word of God that told me I'm already healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. So I'm believing on that, not on the basis of feeling better. So he says, therefore, what sort of things you desire? When you pray, you need to believe you receive them. And notice, and you shall have them in the future. Why in the future if they're, if they're ready for me now? Because you've got to plant the prayer of faith. It has to grow 30, 60, 100 fold so that you can receive what God has already provided for you. Are you following? It works in your life. Praise God. So what am I supposed to do after I pray the prayer of faith? Oh, that men would praise him for his goodness and his wonderful acts to the children of men. So what am I going to do? I'm healed from the top. Of, thank God I'm healed today. Oh, I feel healed today. I feel healed. I just pray. God, that I'm healed today. It's so good to be healed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just love you. Yeah, praise God. I'm healed. Why? Because I planted it. I'm in faith. I'm believing I received when I prayed. And I'm getting my joy now. Not when the symptom goes away. Well, as soon as the symptom goes away, then I'm going to praise God. Well, you're back in hope again, aren't we? Because we're waiting. But see, if his word's true, if the thing that I desire, I prayed, and I believed that I received it when I prayed, then I have it. Hallelujah! I've got it. You don't have it? Yes, I do. Why? God said so. Everybody said, you can't believe that. Yes, you can. It's right here in the book. The book tells you I desire it, and it's mine. So I'm going to praise God. How do you feel today? Praise God. It's so good to be healed. I'll tell you that. You don't look very good. Praise God. Thank God he didn't write about looks in here. He wrote about the word of God, and I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles. Oh, it feels so good to be healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. What are you doing? You're in praise and thanksgiving, aren't you? You're thanking him for something that you know is done. Why is it done? Because he said it was already done, and it already belongs to each and every one of us. So I believe I receive when I pray, and I shall have it. Many people you pray for come back and call you and won't pray for again. Well, you've already dug up the prayer of faith, didn't you? You don't, you don't have to pray for it 14 times to get it. You have to pray and believe. And if you believe, there's no sense praying because you already got it. I mean, if I decided to give Marie my Bible tonight and I handed it to her, I hope she wouldn't go home and intercede to get my Bible. Oh, please let him give me my Bible. You already got the dang Bible. Just believe that you receive it and stay there on the thing. But we pray over and over again, don't we? Well, I prayed and I don't feel any better, so I'm praying again and I'm praying again and I'm praying again. And the more you pray and it don't work, the more you're thinking it ain't going to work. This spiritual stuff's a bunch of junk. This ain't going to happen. So it's better just to stay in faith, stay there and allow it to work. Have you ever believed for something and got it? If you did, write it down, praise God, because you're going to want to go back to that. Here's the two times it worked for me, and I want to remember those two times, not the 85 times I'm praying for doubt and unbelief, and it didn't work. Because once again, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. All right, go to 1 John chapter 5. That clock is on the move tonight. Yeah. Is without a doubt. And you know, the Bible says all God's promises are what? Yes and amen. Yes and amen. They're not all hope. They're not all future. They're all already. Yes they're already done. They're already yes and amen. Jesus came and fulfilled all the promises for it. That is my favorite scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence or the boldness that I have in God, that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. 
Now, that were, that's either true or false. It's either God and we believe it or we don't believe it. So what do I want to do? First of all, I've got to know his will in the situation. Is his will divine health? Is his will for you to be healed? Yes, it is. So verse 14 says, this is the boldness that I have when I come to him. If I ask anything according to his will, healing, notice what happened? He hears me. Say he hears me. Ever heard somebody say, well, I pray and pray and God just don't seem to hear me. Were well, you praying according to his will? What's that got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. So if I know his will and his will's healing and I pray according to his word, I'm assured of one thing. He's at least listening. I mean, that's important. And if we know that he hears us, well, how do we know he hears us? Well, we prayed according to his will. And we know that he And if he hears us, this tells us here, and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we are going to get sometime in the future 14 months down the road. And No, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So we used this when Cashy was there, didn't we? We used this scripture. We did it. We prayed it. I know it's his will. He created the kid. I mean, he sure don't want him to die when he's two months old or whatever. So we believe, praise God. I knew he heard me because I prayed according to his will, and I knew that I had it right then. Everybody calls and says, how's he doing? How's he doing? doesn't matter how he's doing. I prayed according to his will. God heard me, praise God, and I got the petition that I asked for. Was he doing any better? I don't care if he's doing any better. I prayed according, God heard me, and when God heard me, the will is done. Hey! So pretty soon I just start sending everybody this scripture. How's he doing? First John 5, 4, 15. What does that say? That's what I want to tell you. I don't want to tell you anything else. Well, how's he doing? That's how he's doing. First John 5, 14, 15, 15. And people start saying, well, I ain't going to text him anymore. He won't even tell us anything. Yes, I did. I told you First John 5, 14. But everybody wants the low down, you know. How's he doing? Is he, is he getting any worse? Should we pray a little harder? Their prayers probably were messing everything up anyway. I mean, how many hope prayers did I have out there? How many unbelief prayers did I have out there? I mean, if you're not going to pray according to the word, what's the point? You see? So it's better to give everybody the word and have them just believe that. It doesn't matter what his condition is or what's going on or whatever, you know. So what are we doing? We've got the word of God. So every time I know God's will in a situation, I pray for people who are lost. I know it's God's will to save them. That's that's what he said. So I just pray, thank God that they're saved, praise God. Do they look saved? Absolutely not. Are they getting any better? No, they're probably getting worse. But I prayed, I mean, it's his will. I know he heard me. And if he heard me, then sooner or later, Holy Ghost go and get a hold of them and grab them right around the neck and suck them right in the kingdom of God, whether they like it or not, praise God. But I'm not going to say, oh, you know how bad they are. And they're just getting worse and worse, God. I know you probably can't save them, might not even want to, but just do your best to save them. I mean, no, that's a total waste of your time. That ain't doing nothing for you, praise God. So this is our prayer book right here. This is what works. So if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions, praise praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to, I'm about out of time. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. We'll skip. You get in trouble, go to the book. Go to your contract. Go to what belongs to you. All right, Galatians chapter 3. All right, verse 9. It says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful who? Abraham. Now, where we study what Abraham did, what did he do? He considered not some things, and he considered God's word, and basically he knew that God was able to do what he was believing for, so that he found him faithful. And how many know that blessed God that somebody was actually believing him, and it happened? So here it says, so then they which be of faith, do you be of faith? If you be of faith, notice you will not get blessed, you are blessed. There's the key. So if I be of faith, I are. 
not going to be. If, I believe, if, if I'm believing and I'm in faith, I am healed. I am blessed. I am anointed. I am conquered. If I'm not, then I'm hoping to be. So those that believe are, say are. Say not going to be. See, I've been believing all my life to be anointed. I'm just waiting for God to anoint me. I sure hope he anoints me because I'm going to really be used in the kingdom of God as soon as I get anointed, praise God. And how many know he's already given you? So your whole life, you're, you're dancing, you're singing, you're praying, you're reading, trying to get anointed, and 20 years later, you're still trying to get anointed out there. Why not just believe that you are and then start walking in the anointing that you already have? Because, see, God starts cooperating with when you believe him. He doesn't cooperate with unbelief. Jesus couldn't even heal people who are in unbelief. So he wants to work with people who are in faith, doesn't he? That's what he does. The Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It doesn't get you the victory. It is the victory. So when I'm in faith, I got victory. I'm not using my faith to try to get victory. And that's what we do. We all use our faith to try to get something, don't we? But you can't get something that's already been given to you because you're not in faith. You're still in hope. You're hoping to get it through your faith. But you've already, if you've got faith in it, it's already done, praise God. You're already anointed. So I had to come to a point where I believed I was anointed. Why? The Bible told me I'm anointed. You have an anointing. Well, that's me. I've got an anointing, praise God. So I'm anointed. Anointed to preach. Anointed to teach. Anointed to do whatever. And I'm going to walk in that anointing. I had to believe God when we started flowing in the Spirit, like Sunday service. I mean, a Sunday service was a spiritual flow of God, basically. God took over the service, knocked somebody down on the floor, gave a demonstration of God on the inside of people, and after that, everything just flowed, praise God. It just went. It just happened. What do you do? And I'll tell you what, it takes faith to do that. Because after Brother Susie and Brother Joe and Brother Henry got up and said something, and then you've got to take over the service and stay in that flow. See, it's like riding a horse. You've got to see which way the horse is gone, and when it comes by, you've got to jump on it. And you don't want to jump on it, and if somebody gets up and jumps on it and goes in the wrong direction, the anointing just disappears. You might as well go home. So there's a flow to this stuff and a believing to flow on this stuff and a trusting of God to know that God was doing something special. We just wanted to jump on it and explain it and talk about it and go with it. But all these things happen in your life are spiritual things. And if you're going to walk in divine things, you've got to walk with spiritual seeds Amen. for you because it's spiritual seeds. They affect you. The, the medicine they give you just deals with your physical body. Do you understand that? But the spiritual seeds you get affect your soul. They get in your soul. They try to convince you in your own mind that these things are true. And pretty soon if you ain't careful, the Bible says you can actually have your soul saved. I know everybody's soul saved is born again. Nobody's soul saved is born again hardly. That's another thing that's been going around for years. Well, God saved my soul. No, he didn't. Talk to me for a little bit. I can tell you a hundred things you're talking about right now. You don't even line up with God for God's sakes. Your soul ain't saved. You're born again. You've got to renew your mind to get your soul saved on the inside of you. And the Bible says, uh, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your body. Oh, no, your soul prospers. So I'm trying to prosper my soul because that's the key to living in divine health and living in all the things that God has for me. You can take natural medicine and it works and praise God for it. You know, I'm not saying it's bad. It's good, praise God. And it'll affect your physical body. But what are you going to do the next time it comes? And what are you going to do in the next pandemic or whatever comes along? That, um, what are you going to do then when they try to make up a cure in two weeks to give to you and all this stuff? I mean, you've got to be in a situation where you're not afraid to go into places and help people. We're supposed to be helping people in these situations, not hiding from them. Right. My God, let's grow up. Yeah. yeah. Supposed to be walking. You should walk into a place where there's a highly contagious disease and not think anything of it, praise God. Walk in, lay hands on everybody, and walk out. Not stand in the corner and rebuke it from here at the back door. 
Come on, we've got to grow up in this stuff. God's word's either true or it's not. You've got to make that decision in your own life, whether it works or not, and then you will put it to work. But all God's promises are? So one of the most powerful things you've got after you pray and you sow the word in is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's pray. Oh, Lord, I know you gave them a bunch tonight. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that it gets in their hearts. Father, I thank you that it drills in there. Whatever they needed to hear, they pick and choose, get it out of there. It just helps them to grow. I thank you for growing us all up in our souls and, and the boldness that you've given to us. Father, we thank you. We know that you love us. We know that you care for us. And you've already provided everything that we need. Father, your word says that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's already given us that stuff. And we thank you that we receive each and every bit of it and we walk in it in our daily life and we will use it to help other people and extend your kingdom in this earth. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. the kingdom of God and his righteousness